Welcome back to the What's Your One More podcast. Today, I am joined by a wonderful guest I'm excited about because we've got this insurance conundrum going on in Florida right now. So I have Mr. Ryan Locke with Locke Insurance Agency, a 10-year vet in the game, seven-year independent owner of his business. And you know, you've written over 5,000 policies, and it's great to have someone like an expert like you on the show today. So thanks for joining us. Absolutely, Quinn. Thanks for the introduction. Looking forward to it, man. Yeah, it's going to be a great one. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the insurance world. Specifically, this podcast today is driven towards the state of Florida. And, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, misconceptions, but more importantly, there are some things that impact every homeowner and every future homeowner that I thought was worth a podcast to talk about today. Because, you know, we just saw a local news story at News for Jacks uh, come out yesterday, and I was just thought, wow, that couldn't have been more wrong for many different reasons. And so I was like, you know what, let me call one of the experts I know, Ryan, hey, can I get you on the podcast? And, you know, here we are today to kind of go through it. So again, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the show. Absolutely. Thanks again, Kill. So let's talk about homeowner's insurance. You know, I mean, I mean, obviously this is a no brainer, right? Insurance on your home. I think most of the audience gets this because they have a policy or they understand it. But for those that don't, when you become a homeowner, you have to have insurance on the home opposite of rental insurance. And this insurance is there to protect the dwelling and the content inside the dwelling and any accidents that could happen on the property. That's correct. And so this is a normal policy with nothing really outside of the realm on it. And we've had some standard costs in the state of Florida where most people could look at a home, let's say it's $400,000, and they go, well, I think the insurance policy is going to be somewhere between $1,500 and $1,800. And you've been able to kind of run that route for years. Is that correct? That's exactly correct. So, I mean, I feel like that's been the normal. And then what's happened in the state of Florida, specifically, let's travel back in time to 2017 when Irma came through. And, you know, insurance is interesting because when you have homeowner's insurance, someone like yourself who's an independent agent, walk us through the process when I call you and I go, hey, Ryan, I'm looking for homeowner's insurance. Oftentimes people go, I got my guy, I got this person, but you're an independent agent, which means you own the book of business and you have carriers that come to you and say, Ryan, we want you to issue policies through us. That's Explain right. the difference between a carrier and an agent for the audience as we set the stage. So a carrier is the actual insurance company that's writing the policy, the legally binding contract with the insured. We are an agent, so we represent those carriers, write the policies mm -hmm. through them. Okay. In Florida, a lot of times you cannot go direct to the carrier. Um, so give me an example of a carrier. Like what's the name? Uh, like American Integrity. Okay, so if I wanted to go knock on American Integrity's door and say, you know, knock, knock, American Integrity, or dial their number, I'd like to buy a policy through you. They're going to say, hey, we'd love to sell it to you, but you got to go to one of our independent contractors or one of our independent Florida licensed insurance agents that issue through us. That is exactly right. And you would be one of those. Correct. Okay, so go ahead, carrier. Uh, difference between a carrier and a Yeah, keep agent. going. Sorry for me to cut you off. No, there. no, yeah. you're good. Yeah, so we act as basically the middleman to... Yeah insure your house. Okay. Um, <laughs> keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, like for me, like the, the way I take a look at this is when I say a carrier, I think, okay, it's important to know that because the issue that's kind of systemically happening in the state of Florida surrounds the carriers. It doesn't surround the insurance agent because you're like, man, I'll issue insurance for days. You know, you, you get paid to issue insurance. That's what you want to do. The, the risk seems to be with the carriers. And that seems to be where the the issue is taking place here in the state of Florida right now. So to kind of set the tone, I wanted to explain the difference between carriers and agents so people that are listening to this understand. That is correct. Yeah. And so in 2017, even before 17, we had numerous hurricanes come through the state of Florida. 
Anytime there's a catastrophic damage or, or, you know, anything that happens inside of a carrier's coverage area, whether it's a tornado or whether it's a hurricane, it puts immense amount of pressure on their funds that they have secured to pay those damages and to help that homeowner rebuild or, or file the claim on what they are owed from that damage. That is correct. Well, in 2017, Irma did significant damage in the state of Florida. And so you had a lot of carriers that depleted their funds, actually almost ran out of funds. Some did. And the, and that's when kind of the exodus of carriers started to happen a little bit. Correct. And so in 17, I don't know exactly how many carriers left the state of Florida, but I think it was like 20% of the carriers had started to pull out. And then in 2018, Hurricane Michael comes through. And then we have another compounding effect of what happened in 2017 and other carriers that had a little bit of funds left that they were replenishing. Now that's gone. That is correct. And so they were forced to leave the state. And so fast forward to 2020, we're dealing with, let's say, I mean, just off, off cuff, right? No, not, not holding any specific areas. But in 2020, how many carriers do you think we had active in the state of Florida at this time? Probably about 50. Okay. So 50 carriers in 2020. Now, 2020, 2021, we know, we all know what happened. Yep. But people were working from home in the state of Florida. Some were back to work later in 21, but most were at home in 2020. And when you're at home during that time, you start going, man, you know what? Like, um, this needs to be fixed. You know what? I need to fix that. And the challenge is when you want to file a claim on something, that means you got to be home for the inspector. You got to be home to do a lot of things. Well, in 2020, 2021, a lot of people were home. That's right. They had a lot of time on their hands to say, I, I, I pay homeowners insurance. That's what this is for. I should file a claim. Correct. But yet, that's not what—that's not what's got us to where we are here today. It's the roofing claims that have kind of caused the conundrum, and that's where the bulk of this podcast is going to take place on the, of the conversation. I wanted to set the scene for how we got there. But yeah. imagine, imagine—and you may be an audience member may have been able to take advantage of this. But if someone came knocking on your door during 2020 and 2021, talking about you should get a new roof and here's how you should do it, mm-hmm. I would say that that would represent the majority of homeowners in the state of Florida. Absolutely, 100%. So kind of walk me through the damage, if you may, of what was happening, the impacts of that door knocking and kind of uh, enticing people to get a new roof. Because as a homeowner, I come to you and say, hey, do you want a new roof? You're gonna be like, yeah, man, why not? Let me get a new roof for free. But explain what was really happening. Kind of give us an idea of ology of what was going on in the background. Yeah, I mean, essentially it's construction and roofing fraud. Um, Okay. Knocking on your doors, telling you they will get you a free roof and not only get you a free roof, but also pay for your deductible that as a policyholder, you are supposed to pay. Mm -hmm. Um, So no way to sugarcoat it, true construction roofing fraud. So they would come in and they would say, hey, you're going to get a free roof and here's how we're going to do it. Where did the fraud take place? Because it's my understanding they were saying, well, you've got damage from a storm up here. That's correct. Yeah. So they would take a 15-year-old roof that is wear and tear, old age, no storm damage, and basically try and create a cause peril from an insurance policy to get the insurance company to pay for it. And and for our audience, cause peril means what? Meaning a covered cause of loss in your insurance contract, wind, hail. Yeah. I even heard rumors that they would go up there and they would hammer the roof (laughs) and they would make the indentions to make it look like hail had damaged the roof. Is that correct? I have, I have heard it. In fact, a few weeks ago, I had a new first time home buyer call me, say somebody knocked on his door within 30 minutes. He heard just a crazy amount of noise and called me and said, Hey, what do I do? I mean, that it's literally happening every yeah. day still. That's incredible. So so we have this, this battle that's happening on the front lines of the doorstep of homeowners, roofers knocking on doors. And so here's what would happen, and correct me if I'm wrong, the, the roofer would say, I can help you get this. I need you to file a claim. 
and then assign the benefits to me. That's correct. The roofer. So what does assignment of benefits to a roofer mean in this situation? It basically means that you as the homeowner, the owner of the insurance contract, are giving your benefits away to a third party, i.e. roofer, public adjuster, attorney. Um, That person now controls the entire process of the claim versus you, the homeowner. So what's the danger of assignment of benefits? What does that mean in this particular case? In a nutshell, it means you have no say-so from the time you assign your benefits over. Dang. So like I'm giving my benefits to a roofer who has a financial stake in this game. Does that mean the roofer can charge whatever they want at this particular case or does it have to be within means? Absolutely. They can charge charge whatever they want. And unfortunately, it's nine out of 10 times way more than the roof should cost. Yeah. And so what, so exactly. So you got a roof that's maybe a $20,000 roof now being put in for $40,000, right? And so the insurance agents, they know, I mean, they know this doesn't cost 40,000. So what's their alternative here? Do they say, I'm not paying that? Or do they say, I'm going to pay it? Well, what's going on in the background here? Well, to take it back a little bit. So what happens is these roofing companies usually have an in-house attorney mm-hmm. or some an attorney that they refer it to. Yep. Um, and right now an attorney can charge three times their typical hourly rate on an insurance claim. So what? Three times. Three times their typical hourly rate. So if their hourly rate is $500, they're getting $1,500 for this particular situation. On an insurance claim. That's, that's correct. That's dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Yeah. Um, so that roofing company who who says, we promise we can get you a new roof, they bring in an attorney into the mix, and that does nothing but what? Drive the claim up. Sure. So a typical $12,000 roof claim anywhere in the country. In Florida, that claim, because of the litigation, because of everything that goes into it, that $12,000 claim averages $35,000 paid out in Florida. Holy cow. 35000 average claim. That's correct. So, Three times. So we're going to come back to that number because I got some stats here that I pulled up, but that's astronomical. 35000 So we've got a roofer that can charge whatever they want. And if you choose not to pay the roofer, they're going to have an attorney get involved and that attorney's going to drive the price up even further. So if you're an insurance company, you're going, you know what? It's cheaper to pay the assignment of benefits than it is to fight this thing in court. Exactly. Oh man. So it's almost like you're, you're damned if you do damned if you don't in this situation. hundred percent. So this is driving cost up dramatically. And this has been going on. You say it's still going on. It is. Um, we had reform in December that eliminates a few of those things. They haven't gone into effect. They will in 2024. Okay. Um, Q4 maybe of this year, but yeah, it is still going on and they are, uh, they're basically getting it while they can. They, yeah. know, they know the light is at the end of the tunnel. So they being the roofers, they know they can get this. And the attorneys know they can get this. So but let's let's dive into this a little further here. This this kind of brings to light a couple of questions. So in 2020, this has started. We're going through it in 2023. We have three years of this. So we started 2020 with 50 carriers. How many carriers would you estimate today we have in the state of Florida? Actively writing. Actively writing. 10? 10. 10. We are down to 10. So that is 20% of where we were in 2020. That mean that is a dangerous situation to be in to only have 10 carriers. It is extremely dangerous. And of those 10, I would say six of them have very, very crazy underwriting guidelines, not writing houses past two years old. Uh, roofs can't be past five years old. Very, very limited underwriting. So what they've done is they've said, yeah, we're going to be there, but we're going to be there under a very, very strict content of what we want to insure based on our risk. And that's probably because their funds are probably at a level that just they couldn't afford to keep paying out these claims. They can't. Let's face it. Insurance companies are in the business to make a profit. Sure. And we've gone four years where not a single carrier in Florida has made 
a penny. Yeah, you know, that brings to light something that I thought was interesting here, and I'm going to pull up a document that we found. This is from the uh, the, the, the triple I, you know, insurance brief that's out there. Yep. Um, so this is from Insurance Information Institute. This is interesting to me, and this we'll have these notes in the, in the, in the YouTube here if you want to take a look at it on our channel there. If you would subscribe, take a look at it, but the links will be in there as well. But from the private market, they have lost money on claims since that initial hurricane of Irma that we referred to. They have lost millions, starting at over three hundred million in two thousand seventeen. This is this is the insurance companies we're talking about in two thousand eighteen, right at three hundred million. So now we've got a combined loss of six hundred million. Another three hundred and twenty-five million lost in twenty nineteen. Twenty twenty, everybody's at home. They got nothing to do. COVID's going on. This number jumps to one point three. Billion. That's correct. With a B. And then again in 2021, 1.2 billion. You can add all that up, and we're well over three billions in losses from 2017 forward. And you just said it. Insurance companies, they are in the business to make money. They have yep. to make profit to survive. They are they are a profit-driven organization. Three years of of law, excuse me, five years of losses over three billion, that would that would get most people fired. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, most companies are going to get pulled off the stock exchange. Things are going to happen. This is a this is a formula for for potentially going from 50 down to 10. That's correct. And that's exactly what happened. And so, you know, I want to put in perspective for the audience, think about this. It's okay to file a home insurance claim. Like that's why you have home insurance. Matter of fact, in 2022. Uh, of the 100% of the claims that were filed for homeowners insurance, just standard homeowners insurance stuff, 9% of those took place in the state of Florida. So give me like a general homeowner's claim outside of a roof. What would be, what would be a claim that's normal? Uh, like a slab leak. Okay, a slab leak, yep. right? So you file a claim on that. And, and that's something that could be anywhere around the country. So 9% of claims such as that took place in the state of Florida. Now, here's the real one, though, that really just kind of jumped off the page. <laughs> of the lawsuits. Now, it's not uncommon for people to sue their insurance company or have a third party sue them. Yep. Just shy of 80% of those took place in the state of Florida. That's right. <laughs> I mean, 79% of litigated insurance claims come from the state of Florida. Think about that for a moment. 79% of all lawsuits in America come from the state of Florida. And we wonder why we went from 50 to 10, right? We, we wonder why we're in a state of crisis. <laughs> That's right. And so we have, and here, let me put in perspective, of those 40 that left from 2020 to 20 to current date, they didn't go out of business. No. They're still writing. They're writing in other states, but Florida has become too much of a risk assessment. They're like, nope, we're out. So they didn't go out of business. I want to make sure everybody understands that. They're still in business. They're just not doing business in the state of Florida. That is correct. We've lost lost some, obviously, to insolvency, but correct. Yep. Companies as large as Progressive, for example, national AM best A-rated carrier since November of last year, not writing property insurance in Florida yeah, for that, the first time ever. And that's a disservice to, to the Floridians. Absolutely. Right? And so what we need is we need this legislation to take effect and, and have uh, impact into the system to where those carriers, they will come back. That's correct. But they will come back under new guidelines and, and new precedents. And we're going to talk about those precedents here in a minute because I think they're, they're, they're done in other states like this. So this isn't like they're picking on Florida. It's just for whatever reason, it was never set up this way in Florida. And now we're going to that. Correct. Yo, thank you so much for choosing us today. We're definitely not done with our podcast, but we are going to take a really short sponsor break and then we'll get right back to the show. I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. And the team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family. And I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, 
maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender, and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com. www.boemortgage.com. Because it's more than loans, it's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right, now back to the podcast. I look at when all of these claims are being filed and all of these lawsuits are being filed and all of the damage since 2017 has taken place, it's not unreasonable to think, well, yeah, my policy is going to go up, <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, and so policies have gone up. And right now, it's estimated that the, that the nationwide insurance policy is around $1,500. It's estimated that the average Floridian's plan four thousand dollars that's correct so now that some would argue is hey whoa, whoa that that's unfair because my house didn't suffer any hurricane damage my house I didn't get a new roof why am I having to pay for what other people did I, I don't disagree with that by the way <laughs> me either <laughs> I don't disagree with it and so there's a there's an argument to be had there and so um, I think there's some things that people can do and in their own house to maybe alleviate some of that 4000 premium. And, you know, I know I've talked to you about this before, and you've kind of shed some light on this, but there's certain things that people can do, like hot water heaters, roof, AC units. Talk to us about that as far as, like, updating and what that does for the policy. Yeah, absolutely. So the older things get, the more prone you are to an insurance claim. So updating hot water heaters, your AC units. If you have an older house uh, with copper pipes, replumbing to PVC, um, typical home maintenance is not only going to help your insurance rates with carriers, but it's also going to help eligibility guidelines when we go to shop it because your insurance policy went up 70, 80%. Right. If you don't have updates, it's very tough to go get a new policy just based on underwriting guidelines. So if I'm a new homeowner and I want to buy a house and I'm looking at this house, this house may be 10, 15, 20 years old, or maybe it's even five years old. What are some things that I should be asking? What are some things that I should be working with? What are some things if I'm a real estate agent that I should go, okay, going into this, I know that some insurance could could add issues to the loan for debt to income policies. So, so what, what should I be looking at to say, hey, listen, Mr. or Mrs. Seller, would you be willing to upgrade the following to help the insurance premium? Like, what are some questions we can ask with yeah, that? Yeah, the two two biggest things right now are the age of the roof, obviously. Okay. And then of the, say, 10 carriers we have still riding, four of them are huge on hot water heaters. Okay. So I would say roofs and hot water heaters. Yeah, and why why so huge on hot water heaters, Ryan? <sighs> Honestly, it's it doesn't really make sense because um, okay. a lot of hot water heaters are in the garage, Yeah. Um, which every insured has a, an argument for that. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they they last typically a long time. It's not like they're a five-year bus type situation. They last 10 plus years, right? Yeah, 15, 20 years. Yeah. The problem is water claims are expensive. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. So if something does bust and it goes everywhere, that's an expensive cleanup. It's correct. Okay. That's you usually have floors, baseboards. Yep. You got to fix the original plumbing source that it yep. came from. Water claims are very, very expensive. That makes sense. So you were telling me something earlier in the conversation that just kind of popped out at me there, and I had to look it up while we were talking. In 2013, the amount of lawsuits in the state of Florida perspective here was just over 27,000. It was about 27,146, 27,146. How many are we averaging today on a yearly basis? In 2022, we averaged 12,000 lawsuits a day. What? Say it again, one more time. 12,000 litigated lawsuits a <laughs> that's day. Insane. So that's roughly, I'm doing my quick math, about 155,000. That's that's correct. Lawsuits in a year versus 27,000. That is correct. And Quentin, guess the next highest state. Guess how many lawsuits they had in a year. 
Uh, I'm I'm going to guess. I'm going on a limb here. Maybe ten. Not not that not that few. <laughs> okay, but we had 155,000. Yeah, the next highest was a thousand. A thousand to 155,000. Yeah, so I guessed 10,000. I was way off. So a thousand. <laughs> a thousand. Jeez. So that just kind of shows you the perspective of what has been happening in our local market throughout the whole state of Florida. That's correct. There has been a there's been a void that was identified. And people have gone in and taken advantage of it. And there's been no laws against it. So technically, they haven't done anything wrong. Correct. What they've done, though, is exploited an, a, an insurance debauchery, if you may, that's now being passed down in affordability to particular homeowners. Correct. Including myself, you, and, and Paying Charlie, an average of $4,000 in premium. Yeah, which is which is crazy. So let's talk about, let's go into, the, you talked about some reform that's taking place that passed through the legislative back in December, and it's going to take effect into 2024. This had to happen, but let's talk about what came out of this. And, and most of it's a schedule of depreciation for the roofs now that's, that's, that's taking effect. That's saying, a basically Because what was happening was on these, these door-knocking situations, somebody about a roof, 15, 20 years old, you know, people would roll up on it not, and they, they would attack neighborhoods. Like yep. I saw it in my neighborhood. They were, I mean, the hundreds of homes this is being done to. And it was, you know, they would just camp out in there over a three month period. And so knock on the door. And by the way, they knocked on my door. I did not do it, Good um, for you. but it was not a spite. It was because I actually did have damage from 17, 2000 Irma. So I, I was one of those that actually had to do that. But the, the reality was um, they knock on the door. I heard the whole pitch. And it, literally, my neighbor was one of them that took advantage of it. And the reality is this. It was, hey, listen, I know you got a roof that's 18 years old, but we'll get you a new roof. That's right. And when getting you a new roof, we talked about the assignment of benefits or the lawsuit and how it happened. The homeowner only has to pay their deductible, but if it's a storm claim, they're not out of pocket at all on this, are they? If it is, it well, they should be. They should be, right? They should be. But unfortunately, that's getting tied in to a jacked up claim amount that ends up being absorbed. Yeah, absorbed. So the homeowners are truly coming out with no money into this situation. They're getting a brand roof. If I'm a homeowner and you're telling me this, why wouldn't I want to do that, right? And and that's the thing. Your everyday consumer doesn't know. You're going to get me a free roof? Perfect. Where do I sign? Yeah, exactly. They that's don't know exactly what they're signing. They don't know what they're signing. And they're signing the assignment of benefits. That's exactly what they're signing. Majority of the time, yeah. yes. They're signing this over. We'll take care of it. This is how we do it. We work on your behalf with the insurance company. Correct. I heard the whole spiel. Yep. And so. And don't get me wrong, not every roofing company is like this. No. Right? There are legitimate, fantastic roofing companies. I could give you a list of a few of them. Absolutely. You know, the reality is they are few and far between in that particular market right there. There are more chasers than there are good people doing business there. And 100%. I admire the ones that are doing it. And, you know, hats off to them because they're running a legitimate business. And unfortunately, they're being lumped in with the rest of this crowd. That's unfortunate. That's correct. So, but, you know, that's why we have them on our referral list. You know, for when we contact people like you, you're like, hey, here's a good person. I know does good business, reach out to them. So that's always good to have. So we had the depreciation schedule. So let me kind of explain for our audience with your help here, how that worked. Essentially, if I was getting a brand new roof and I'm not coming out of pocket today, that's how the current, the current setup is. Correct. Moving forward, if that roof is 15 years old, they're going to give me the value of a 15-year-old roof, not a value of a brand new roof 15 years ago. That's exactly right. So let's just say that roof costs $25,000 today. Well, 15 years from now, that roof may only be worth $4,000, and I'm going to get a $4,000 check. That is correct. And then at that point, I have a choice to either A, pay the difference of $21,000 into that roof, right? Yep. And then it's my understanding that if I come to an agreement with a roofer and I agree to pay the other twenty-one, I submit that back into the insurance company with proof that it's been done, and they at that point will deduct my deductible, 
and give me the difference for a new roof at that point. Is that correct? That is exactly right. That's how that works in every other state, by the way. Correct. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. This is not new. No. It's just new to Florida. That's how it's worked in every other state. And I don't know how we didn't have that set up here to begin with. It would have presented, a, prevented, excuse me, a lot of problems. 100%. But sometimes, you know, you just don't know what you don't know. So there's that. And then the other thing is the attorney stuff. Yep. And you want to talk about that briefly, what's happening there. Because yes. right now they can charge, what, three times? Three times. Okay. That is officially gone. So they have to charge current rate. That's correct. A reasonably rate. Great. So they can't they can't uh, basically inflate what they're charging for what they're doing. That's that correct. And between those two things alone, we're going to see our markets start to get normal again. Yeah. And I think that this is really important because, you know, I spoke earlier about this News for Jacks article that I saw that was out there and I was I was listening to it. It's a three minute. Uh, did you watch the clip? I sent it to you. I before did. The yeah. show. Okay. So it's a three minute clip. They brought uh, a real estate agent on the show. Yep. And, um, you know, and, and the real estate agent um, who I have not heard of, by the way, um, that's no knock on this person. I just haven't <laughs> heard of them. And, uh, and I don't know how much volume this person's doing, but um, I haven't heard this take on it. And I'm surrounded by a lot of real estate agents and a lot of people in the real estate business. I hadn't heard this take, but the news headline was that, hey, home buyers are feeling the pain of homeowner insurance increases. Therefore, it's deterring home buyers from buying a new home. And I kind of like, when I hear something like that, I'm like, I'll stop the press. Literally, right. let me get to the bottom. What are we talking about? And um, I can tell you, that's something I haven't heard. I hear interest rates and I hear prices of homes increasing. I've heard that over the last really year, but I haven't heard a single thing about homeowners insurance. So that one kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop when I heard it. Yeah, I would say that's a bit overkill. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's an overkill. No, I agree Nobody's not purchasing a house because of the, right. their insurance rate. Right, right. And, and and as you dive into the article, the uh, the real estate agent was actually talking about a condo. And that's a whole nother insurance situation. Not whole different story. Not what we're talking about here right now. So I found that to be uh, quite interesting. So moving forward, what does the future hold for homeowners and insurance companies as we kind of get this law to pass and take effect. Yeah. So the reform is, is really going to get us back to normal. Like I said earlier, um, I think we've got another ugly rest of the year, mm -hmm. 2024 normalcy is upon us. We right. have three companies that I've heard of right now that newly formed entities that are ready to dive into the market. They're going to wait until hurricane season gets passed, um, manage exposures, yep. build their capital reserves. Um, but the fact that new companies are being formed is a positive thing. At any time you bring new competitors to the marketplace, the customer wins. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. Um, we're already starting to see a shift with underwriting guidelines with carriers um, being a little more lenient, mm -hmm. um, back to normal, if you will. Um, so I think we've got another ugly rest of the year. In 2024, we start to get back to normal. So talk to me about an option. If, if you're a customer and you can't afford to get a new roof, you're a homeowner, you can't afford to get a new water heater, you know, you're a homeowner. And some of these things we've talked about to kind of help your policy come down, you can't do it. Talk to me about the option that the state of Florida has out there called the Citizens Pool of Insurance. Yeah, so, so Citizens was formed in the early 2000s when Hurricane Andrew hit South Florida. Mm -hmm. They were formed as the insurance company of last resort. Okay. We cannot get coverage. It's too expensive. Whatever it may be, right. they were formed to protect Floridians when it comes to getting insurance. Mm -hmm. Um Unfortunately, due to the market, they are having to write more business than ever. So they're actually, because of what we're discussing, they're they're actually writing more policies than ever before. By far. By and, far. And they are the current largest writer in Florida right now, yeah. uh, just due to no companies writing, basically. Makes sense. 
Um, but it's honestly, other states are piggybacking off of it and mm-hmm. are going to create state insurance policies um, and companies. And at the end of the day, it's a good thing for Floridians because it is a last resort if you can't get coverage elsewhere. And is the coverage comparable as far as like what it would be if you had a private insurance? Of course not. Okay. Your first choice is always going to be a private admitted carrier. Um, you're going to sacrifice coverages. Um, not in so your, much in your dwelling or in your content? Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. Um, Citizens has a dwelling max on certain houses. Um, So your high value houses that, you know, have 22 year old roofs, you're gonna be capped out at a certain amount of coverage for your dwelling. Your personal contents coverage is gonna be lower. Um, One big thing, citizens only allows $100,000 of liability. Whereas your private carriers go up to half a million, sometimes a million. Um, So coverages are not gonna be as good as you would get in a private market, but it's there to protect us. Yeah. And you could probably supplement, I mean, I'm not sure, I'm not in the insurance world, but you could probably supplement that policy with an umbrella policy on the backside to help with some of that liability. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's ways to kind of combine some things and make it cheaper to help protect the homeowner as well. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a wonderful program. Obviously, it's not the ideal one, right? But it's a great supplement to what we have right now. Because imagine if we didn't have yeah. that. How, you know what would happen? They'd get forced placed insurance from their lender. And you want to talk about a high premium, that joker is going to be about five, six times that's, what this current $4,000 one is. That's correct. Yeah. They're not going to mess around with that. So, oh, yeah. And that's only going to cover the lender. <laughs> it's not going to be for you at all. That's correct. So that's the one avenue you never want to go is forced place insurance. Yep. So um, so the future holds more people are coming in, or excuse me, more carriers are coming in. They're going to wait for this reform to take place, get past hurricane season. All that makes sense. And then how long are we going to stay at these kind of premiums? you think it's a year out, two years, three years out? What does that look like in your world? You know, I think part of it is going to stay. Rates are going to be higher than they were prior to 2017. So if I'm a mortgage lender, I'm a real estate agent, I'm giving estimates. I need to get, I need to get right with today's rates and understand that that's probably what it's going to be from here on out. We don't need to be giving advice that, Hey, this is temporary, maybe two years and it should come back down. Correct. Okay. Yeah. The days of thousand dollar premiums are gone. Okay. And I don't think they're ever coming back. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. And I think it's important that we just kind of set the tone that, you know, if I'm a mortgage lender and I'm lending the state of Florida at any capacity, I don't care if you're in, you know, California lending the state of Florida, understand these premiums here. So when you do your estimates out front, we're doing a justice to the customer probably should average around that 3,500 to $4,000 range. Cause that's probably what it's going to be out the gate. Absolutely. And, and if it comes in less, great. Great. Yeah. And it looks like it's here to stay. Ex- I, I believe it is here to yeah. stay. Yep. So Ron, you know, you've, you've given us countless information here and I know that I call you all the time for counsel on insurance and questions and outside the box stuff. How many calls are you getting a day about this topic that we're doing? Oh, last week alone, we had 164 calls from current clients complaining about their rate increases. Yeah, this is a, this is a real thing. It is, it is a real, is a real thing. thing. And it's, is it more so complaining or just kind of being shocked, like shell shocked? Combination. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of it is sticker shock. When you look yeah. at your premium from last year, that was $1,500 and you get a renewal for 5,000. Mm. Obviously it's sticker shock. Hey, Ryan, what the hell's going on? Right. Like uh, you did it. Correct. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the other side is some consumers know it and know the market that we're in. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. I'm not selling my home. Proceed accordingly. Yeah. Um, the good thing about us is we have multiple options um, with who is left in Florida. Um, so we're rewriting a lot of our Switch book it of from one carrier to another carrier that's available. Correct. Yeah, yeah. We have no loyalty to any one specific company that we represent. We truly work for the client. So if we've got to go from company A to company B and it's beneficial to you, that's what we're going to do. And that's what we're doing all day right now. Yeah, no, that's great. And I've always heard this. And maybe maybe this is just an old like wise tale, but I've always heard that if you were able to combine certain insurances inside the household, that that could help lower it overall as a package. Does that still hold true in today's environment with everything we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Carriers okay. that offer multiple lines of business, if you can bundle and bring 
policies together, you're going to get a discount for sure. Yeah. So there's another way to kind of lower this down. You can leverage your 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 household goods with this one carrier and Abs- work around that way. Absolutely. So what's the danger zone if a carrier goes out of business? How, what happens? You get a notification out of business. Do they drop you immediately? Like, how does that work? So what, what happens if I'm a listener right now and I get a notification in the mail, hey, listen, we're dropping you. Is it immediately? Is there a 60-day window? Like, how does that work? It depends. Uh, true insolvency, there mm-hmm. has to be a 90-day grace period given to the policyholder. So true insolvency means that the insurance company doesn't meet the requirements of the state of Florida to have insurance for people in the state of Florida. That's correct. And they go into receivership. Yep. Okay. Uh, No assets, no money. They are simply gone. All claims are taken over by the state of Florida and the Florida Department of Insurance. The company is truly insolvent and gone. And we saw that happen during (laughs) hurricane season. That's when you really see it. When that massive amount of claim comes in at one time, that's when it's like, ding, 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 you're out. That is correct. Okay. So you get 90 days notice when that happens. Yep. Okay. And then the other option is they will stay on the policy until renewal. Okay. So I've seen it both ways in the last year or two. We've had true insolvencies, and then we've had companies that would say, hey, we're dropping you, but not until renewal, Okay. which obviously allows you more time to get a replacement policy. Yeah, and, and all of this notification, like, it's going to come in the mail. You're not going to get an email on this. That, You're not going to get a text message. Like, this stuff comes in the mail, and it's like sometimes I've seen people just throw it away because it looks like propaganda. Oh, yeah. But it's legit. Like you get something with a FEMA logo on it, or you get something with an insurance logo on it that might might not look familiar. Open that up. Absolutely, open it up. Yeah. It is going legally. It has to come in the form of mail. Yeah. And then our office, we will reach out to you via phone, email. Right. Unfortunately, we've had to because we've had this happen with carriers. Yep. Um, but yeah, it is going to come to you, and a lot of times, certified mail. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, real important that you pay attention to that. Obviously, there's options. And it's important that you have someone by your side to help guide you with those options. It's important you have an agent such as Ryan on your team to help you kind of guide through this situation. But I think the understanding from this conversation that I want the audience to gravitate towards is if I'm in the business or I'm a prospective buyer or a current homeowner – agent, lender, it doesn't matter. We all need to get our heads around what we're seeing now is not this, you know, hike. It's the new norm. That's right. It's the new norm. That's here to stay. Yeah. From a pricing perspective, it is. It's And it has to, to, in order for us to get more competitors back in the market, it has to for us to be able to build those funds for the insurance companies by the premiums we're paying. I mean, hurricanes, we can't, we can't predict when they're going to come in and come out, right? That's right. But we do know they're going to happen. And we do know there has to be specific funds to help those that suffer any damage from those hurricanes. Correct. And if we don't have insurance companies here, that could be a problem. Yeah, we will be... We will be a state-owned insurance company. Yeah, and that's what we don't want because we talked about why. So <laughs> that's correct. That's really important. So, Ryan, if, if I'm a listener, how do I hear more about Lock Insurance? Um, you can go to our website, lockinsurancegroup.com. All right. Facebook, Instagram, Lock Insurance Group. Um, we've got an open-door policy right here in Jack's Beach. Knock on our door. Call us, whatever. And you do the whole state of Florida. That's correct. Yeah, so it doesn't matter where you are. You know, if you're Colorado. interested in more. Oh, and Colorado. All right, so listeners, you know, if you're more interested, or excuse me, want more interest in this, reach out to Lock Insurance Group, check them out on their socials. And if you like what you're hearing today, five-star review this podcast, share it with someone, leave a comment. Uh, we always love getting commentary from people on there. It helps us with all the new episodes that we're doing and direction we're going. Check us out on our socials at What's Your One More, and then also check us out on YouTube as well at What's Your One More. Subscribe, like, leave some commentary. Always love hearing from you guys. Ryan, thanks for being on the show today. It's awesome as always getting a chance to hear your expertise in this field. Likewise, Quentin. Thanks, Thanks for having brother. me, man. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Yes, sir. I got one more shot. I'm going to make it. One more chance. I'm going to take it. I meant it when I said it. Now it's time for me to do it. I got one life to live, so I put all into it. Yeah.